once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, welcome to another edition of the C-Squared Podcast. Your host, Curtis, with my co-host, Aliyah, and we're here back again, once again, with Ian Cheney of the magazine, well, web magazine, I guess, Stereo Gum. Uh, and we are he's back to discuss with us a topic that uh, came up yesterday on Twitter, which is uh, covers, and uh, specifically cringy covers, uh, because, Ian, why don't you kind of explain how this kind of came about before we start? Sure. There is a cover that is making the rounds that is a pop punk cover of Metallica's Master of Puppets that I'm guessing was created in the wake of Master of Puppets appearing on Stranger Things, a la all of the covers that we've heard of Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill in the past. I don't know. That's been the song of the summer, I think, just the Mm -hmm. amount of covers I've heard of that one. So it's kind of doing the same thing just from a very basic newfound glory pop punk perspective. Exactly. And I, I, as a joke tagged Ian, and I think I said, can you review this for black market? And now he's actually interviewing. (laughs) Going to be interviewing the guy at some point for something. So it's kind of funny how this all came about. Uh, So Aliyah, since you're the actual host, I'm going to throw this over to you to try to get the topic going here. Oh, thanks for giving that responsibility, Curtis. You're welcome. Um, I guess we can start just like, I guess, do you, I mean, I have my opinion, but Ian, what is your opinion? Are there, do you, do you hate all covers or do you think that there's ways to do it respectfully and val- and adding value? Uh, what's your take on that in general? I love covers. I love them. I think they're great. And, you know, the, the one thing that I always want to you know, preface these conversations with is like, I'm not anti-fun. I like fun. I like having fun. Fun is good. Metal should be fun. There should be, there should be fun metal. There should be serious metal. It should run the gamut, right? So when we get into like cringy covers and like why certain things hit a sour note, I kind of want to get that out of the way up front. Like also... I don't know if covers need to be respectful per se. I think there's value in covers that are disrespectful. My example for that would be the Dickies when they covered Black Sabbath's Paranoid. Like that is not a very respectful cover. It's a great cover though, because I think it adds value to the original composition. And I think it puts a new spin on what that song could be. Like another one is Devo doing um the rolling stones song um satisfaction right like i think that's a great cover i would not classify that as a respectful cover but i think it puts a fun spin on the song it gives it more weight it kind of does something i kind of want my covers to do something so when we're talking about this master of puppets cover in particular i think the thing that i find irritating about it is that it doesn't really have a point of view beyond hey wouldn't it be funny if this song was pop punk and in the wake of you know 
millions of compilations like pop punk goes acoustic pop punk goes pop pop punk goes edm so on and so forth not to mention that there's an entire band that's built around this concept me first and the gimme gimmies like i just want a little bit more what is interesting about master of puppets that we could bring to the pop punk sphere that would make it more palatable to both sides to kind of give it a deeper look into what that song actually means. You know, let's do that song like it's Rich Kids on LSD. Let's do that song like it's strung out. There's pop punk bands that have very high levels of musicality that I think would play very well with Master of Puppets, but like, this just ain't it. This is like lowest common denominator, story of the year stuff, and it just, I don't know, it bugs me. How do you guys feel about it? I want to jump in. Um, I can look at it two ways. Number one, I thought it was one of the dumbest things I'd ever seen, but at the same time, it was catchy. So I get I get why some people might like it. And I actually, I kind of thought it was funny that people were getting as mad about it as they were. I mean, like, I didn't like it. I thought it was stupid, but just some of the reactions I saw were just like, oh my God, dude, like, really? You're going to get that upset about it? You know what I mean? So I didn't like it, but at the same time, just I, I'm also one of those type of people that like seeing people getting enraged. So that's my viewpoint. What about you, Aaliyah? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I, like I like I, like Curtis said, I thought like there was an element of it that was fun. And there is this whole, we've been talking about cringe yeah. kind of currently recently and how important it is to not take yourself too seriously and what have you. Um, so it does feel like this is a bit more on the opposite side of the spectrum, perhaps not taking it seriously enough, being a little too flippant. Where do you draw the line? Um, I guess it all depends on the individual, but yeah, for sure. It was definitely, it definitely gives the vibe of just like, oh, this would be fun and this is trending. So we'll get some views for it. So let's yeah. do it. Fun. Yeah, it was, it was a total click. That's all it was for. It was for clicks. Was for like you can't there. tell listening to it. I'm like, do these guys even care about Metallica? Like exactly. I, I can't tell. I don't know. Exactly. There's no real indication of that. So tell us how you really feel, Ian. So it's like I go back and forth on this, mm -hmm. where I think the exercise of saying, "Hey, what if this band sounded like this?" is a great generative idea and i think that's how good music projects are formed an example of this is that i was listening to johnny mars version of getting away with it that he played at on six music which is a bbc production and it's the coolest song of all time the bridge is crazy if, if uh, listeners don't know this is the old smith's guitars and so he's shredding away in the bridge and I'm talking with my friend. I'm like, it would be crazy if you did this in an atmospheric black metal context, right? Like, ha ha ha, let's bring Johnny Marr over to Atmo Black. And then we looked at each other and we're just like, all right, go go get the guitar. Get the guitar. We got we, we to gotta do this. We got to do this. So like, I, I love ideas like that from that respect. But when we're doing stuff that's going to be like just for the clicks, like, I don't know. Like, I feel so weird about it. it it's it, commercialized. Yeah. And it's like, you know, doing it for the reaction is kind of like one thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, mean, 
I just, I just hate when we've already opened the Pandora box of something and there's like, there's like nothing left in there for us to grab. Like I agree. All the good stuff has already flown out. Like we've already had like 30 years of this, yep. this kind of cover. And like, I, I don't know what else we're going to add in this respect besides let's, let's get some YouTube revenue for ourselves. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, but again, I can, I can also, I also just like the fact that people are getting upset. I, I, I hate to say it, but I just, anytime somebody just gets that much of a Curtis reaction, a troll. I am a fucking troll, one hundred percent a troll. So I like that aspect of it. I have to confess, but I do not like the song, if that makes sense as well. So, anyways, uh, what else did you want to add on that, Ian? Because I got, I want to swing on to another part of this. Sure. I don't think I have much to add on that just besides, you know, maybe we can talk about like what would be an interesting way to cover Master of Puppets that would cover the bases of just doing it not for clicks that would also kind of like revitalize the song. You know what I think would actually work? I'll let Leah go first because she was about to say something. Go. I was going to say Gregorian chant. You fucking serious? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Early it's music. It's totally different. And there's some there's a reverence about Gregorian chants as well. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I think it would be cool. I just never thought of it. That was just like, that was brilliant. Um, I, I was going to say, like, you could probably do like a rap version of it or something like that. I think that would work. That so, could be dope too. Yeah, because I mean, like, uh, actually, now that I think about it, maybe not, because it probably sound like something like Bring the Noise or something like that. So, eh. Yeah, I will say that uh, on Nativity and Black 2, the Black Sabbath covers album, the best song on there is the Buster Rhymes one. I don't even remember that one. That is like one of the songs I do not remember from that album, I have to confess. Now, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to have to listen to that again once we're done because I don't remember that. Uh, but what do you think, Ian? What do you think would be the best way of making this, something like this fresh? Well, I like so I don't think you can do a dirge cover of it because that's also been done to death. And yep. I'm kind of sick of hearing like piano ballad of raining blood. And it's just kind of like, like we get it. Yep. Like, <laughs> Thank you, Tori Amos, for that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is going to be. Yeah, like Tori Amos like knocked it out of the park. Like that's what yeah, I'm talking she about. Did. Like it, she did. As soon as she cracks open the Pandora's box, like what else is there? Yep. Like you're just kind of like walking in the shadow of Tori Amos at that point. Oh, so speak... well, hold on one second here. Just, just to back that up. Speaking of her, for anybody that hasn't heard it, uh, what's the name of her covers album again? That's phenomenal it's got rap covers it's got everything just that's an aside and i've cut you off here yeah 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 and uh you know like the jawbox's cover of cornflake girl is also yes. amazing just going yes, up from is. the other side so yeah, yeah it is yeah it is there's a lot of there's a lot of material uh just going on there in both ways um mm -hmm. so hmm you're thinking of like master of puppets is like a big song you know maybe go like big beat with it like prodigy chemical brothers that'd be neat Blow it out. Go full arena electro. That that's a good idea. I like it. I like it. Now we gotta figure out someone who's gonna do it though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like uh like Gary Brent, right? Homeskin. Yep. yep. He could do it. Gary, <laughs> yep. Gary. I'm gonna give this idea to uh, I hope Gary. You're listening to this episode. Well, Gary's a client of ours. I could just fucking DM him and just be like, dude, gonna have, give him a million dollar idea here. Um Okay, so an EDM cover of Metallica. Well, not EDM, but I guess electronic version of Metallica. Yeah, that could work. That could work. So moving along on this, just because one, one thing I wanted to point out is, like, you talked about, Ian, that 
about conventional covers. Um, the way you said it was kind of like it almost made me uh, feel like you you think that that's the way to do it. It's kind of like take the original material and maybe not carbon copy it, but stay faithful to the original material. Did I understand that correctly or no? No, I mean, I, 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 I think conventional covers are the most boring way to do it. Okay, I misunderstood you then. Yeah. Okay. So if, if we're thinking about the Metallica covers album that came out, the Blacklist that, that came out last year. Yeah. Like the, the worst songs on there are the ones that are just straight up covers because yep. it's like, what's the point? I agree. Like, I want to hear your artistic voice. I want to hear what you yourself are adding to the composition. Like, we already have Metallica playing these songs. I don't need to hear like Mac DeMarco do a, a faithful cover of whatever he covered, like Enter Sandman or something, right? I don't remember. Um, yeah, because that was one thing I wanted to bring up. Like, there's been, it seems though that the most popular covers are the ones that seem like they're the most faithful at times to me. I mean, maybe I'm crazy in thinking that, but Aaliyah, just to bring it over to you for a brief second, because you've done covers before. What are you looking like? What are you looking to do when you do a cover just for some from someone who, who does them? I mean, I got to correct you because I don't feel like I really do covers. I well, do, you've done them. You've done what them. I do is glorified karaoke. I find a backing track and I sing over it. And I do it only because I'm using it as either it's a song that really inspired me. It's a song that I want to learn and I don't have a way to perform it for people or record it um, other than putting it on YouTube. And so it's just an outlet for me to express my love for a certain song with a vocal tribute. So you're not trying to bring anything new? Sometimes I like when I did Misery's Crown by Dark Tranquility, I added like a vocal harmony yeah. um, to it or I might add like, yeah, something like doing a vo like a singing melodic part on top of a growled um, part, like I, that's something I might do, but nothing major. And I'm not doing the music myself, so I can't change anything major there either. True, true. Ian, what are you, what are your thoughts thoughts on uh, doing doing a karaoke versus a cover? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there are different methods to kind of. Uh, I don't even think the ends are even the same, really. Where, like, what I want out of cover is going to be, like, your own voice. But, like, what I want out of, like, a good karaoke performance is, like, can you get in touch with the original song at a performative level? One of the best, like, I was at karaoke one time, and there was uh, this young woman who was really struggling with the song, and she was singing uh journeys separate ways and then in the middle the crowd just started joining her and the entire bar was singing separate ways as loud as possible with this young person and then at the end we all just exploded in like uh you know just like jubilation that we had this moment of togetherness and it was like it was like the best concert i've ever been at and it was just like karaoke down at the bar so like i kind of love that so like just steering into the performative aspects of those songs is like that's what makes good karaoke to me i don't necessarily think that makes a good cover although i will say that a very good near conventional cover that does appear in the metal space is death's cover of painkiller yep 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 so now where do I want to go with this here? So my, my question is, so you guys think that the karaoke 
is slightly different than a regular cover because of the fact that you're not taking anything and putting anything new in it. Am I am I getting this right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. So now, correct me if I'm wrong. Then would a conventional cover, like where you're taking the same song note by note, and the whole band is playing it, would that not just be a form of karaoke too? Or am I? It could go. It could go either way. I think it really depends on what your end goals are if you're doing a conventional cover. If you're doing it just as like a tribute, because like you signed up to do a, uh, like a a covers album. Like I'm thinking about that. uh, Remember that grunge album, the covers album of Led Zeppelin classics. Oh yeah. 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 And it had like Hootie and the Blowfish on there. And it's just like, whoa, what a relic of the nineties that is. Yeah. So thinking about the, like the, the more straight ahead covers in that, it's just kind of like, I don't really see any value in that, but I do think that there's value in doing a straight ahead cover to expose your audience to a song that you think is slept on and I to like get that. them into it. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. So, okay. So I want to ask you guys both, what do you, what do you both think would be a good, good example of like a good cover? So I want to start with Aaliyah. Aaliyah, what would you think would be a good example of a, of a good cover? A good cover? Like, what would you say would be a good cover song? You want an example, or yeah, you want like me to describe it to you. Oh, I want, I want to know, I want an example of like who. Would you like me to find you a box, or shall I describe it to you? Oh, you wouldn't get that because you never watched Lord of the Rings. Um, I, I have, but I just fell asleep during it. I really liked um, Demu Borgir's cover of "Burn in Hell." Uh, I don't think I've heard that. It's really good. It's on. Uh, it's on the the one with the naked girl. <laughs> the one with the naked girl. Uh, puritanical misanthropic euphoria. Off to listen to that one afterwards. Ian, what 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 would you say is a good example of a cover? Like a good oh, cover. Like a good example of a pre-existing cover, or am I just no no like, out a whole cloth like, here? No no no, like a, a pre-existing one. So like a saw like a ba- a current example, you know, of a cover that you've heard that you think is a good one. It is a good example of something that a cover should be. Sure. You know, it's it's interesting because when we think of songs as covers, like this was just pop music for the longest time. Yeah. Like you didn't, it was rare to do an entire album of originals until like, I don't know, like Bob Dylan kind of broke the mold on that one. This in, is in true. The, in the pop music sphere. So that's true. You know, what we think is like covers now are just like, just you just recording what was ever out in the ether. So I think like in the modern era, you do have those rare examples of cover songs that almost transcend the original. And what I'm thinking of in metal is I love Joe Jackson. I think those first two Joe Jackson albums are perfect. But Anthrax's cover of Got the Time. Yeah. Absolutely rips. And like Agreed. that takes that song up to like a completely different level that I don't think Joe Jackson was capable of doing in the seventies. I agree. Um, my mine is going to be a non-metal one. So since we were talking about Tori Amos before, I'd say her cover of "99 Bonnie and Clyde" by Eminem. That excellent version of a cover because she makes it super fucking creepy. She makes it her own. Uh, totally does it in a different style than what the original had it, but made it her own. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but. Fucking loved it. I think it was perfect because it changed it, yet still, you know, you could tell it was was that song if you were listening to it, right? So 
Um, Ian, can you give an example of what you think is a poor cover other than what we have heard with the Metallica one yesterday? Oh, geez. I usually just uh, wipe them from my brain immediately after hearing them. Um, you must hmm. have something. Yeah, I mean, uh, Blind Guardians cover of uh, Barbara Ann always graded on me. They have a Barbara Ann cover? Yeah, I it's, it's, know that. it's during the Speed Mill era. I think it's on the second album. Uh, that one graded on me. And then there's like the phenomenon of like stunt covers. And like, I can't stand a stunt cover. Like, what I is, think. What is a stunt cover? I don't know. Like, what mean. like Sonata Artica. Didn't they cover Baby One More Time? Oh. Um, uh, uh, Children of Bodom. Yeah. Or Children of Bodom. Yeah, 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 Children of Bodom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. song that I yeah. actually really love. Yeah. So I don't consider it a stunt cover, but it is. I don't think I, I don't feel like they're doing it just I, actually like I feel like Britney Spears has a lot of respect and love in the metal community. Like people of all the pop artists, she's the one that a lot of people really like and respect. But that's just my two cents. Yeah, like I think I you know, like I think the original is like an amazing song and an amazing piece of pop craft, but like I don't know if Children of Bodom's intentions were let's do a great Britney Spears cover so much as like, let's just do this because we know it's going to get some attention. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe, maybe they're also lovers uh, of that. Um, who's the, who's the production team that works on that on a uh, baby one more time. Um, I don't I'm know. blanking on the names. I don't know. Uh, the Swedish producers, but anyway, like they had a, they had a quick run of metal also in the, the 2000s. They worked with drain SDH. Oh, I so, did not and the, know that. Yeah, and that second Drain SDH album, all the catchy songs are from uh, that uh, Swedish production team. Huh. That's a little bit of trivia that I had known. Like that album. I actually really like that album. That's so, cool. okay, so moving it back, I want to get back on on, on to uh, what we were talking about earlier with the uh, cringy uh, thing yesterday. So, uh, Ian, so you watched the whole video yesterday, right? I did. Okay. So, give me your total, like, you kind of went into it earlier, but let's get your actual like total takeaway of what they did right. Not just what they did wrong, but like, what did they do right in your opinion that got them all the clicks? There must've been something that you saw that was good. Production was huge. Production definitely sounded big. Uh, those people definitely know how to work pro tools. That's for sure. Cool. Uh, the musicianship was very solid for what it is. Uh, the, uh, the harmonies were very good. Yeah. They really just nailed that from a pop punk perspective. I think if you did something more amateurish, it absolutely would not piss anybody off because no one would pay attention to it. I agree. The, the fact that it was so big, so glossy, so faithful to what you know pop punk was in the post taking back Sunday sense of the word, I think that's what kind of made it crawl under the skin of a lot of people. Otherwise. You know, that's something that you just immediately just not even listen to. I agree. I agree. So, Leah, what what, what did you what did you like about it out of curiosity? Because you were the one that seemed the most positive about this song out of the three of us. I mean, everything that Ian said, basically, like the harmonies, the production, and just, I don't know, I enjoy peppy pop punk. But, like, yeah, I totally, I, I, I felt like the vocals were a little over over um processed for my taste but that's very typical for Fair. for pop punk so well here here's what i'm kind of wondering is like 
let's say let's say the band like these bands that go big on these cover songs like what do you do next like to really like you're kind of like pigeonholed you know what i mean like ian you're the writer out of the bunch here like if a band gets big on covers do you find it hard to take them seriously later when they start doing originals or am i crazy in thinking that this is a dumb career move it's tough because obviously this is the thing that's going to get you noticed yeah and i think ultimately anything gets you noticed is probably a good thing fair and it can backdoor a lot of fans into uh what you're doing with your originals true the problem is that if you torch your goodwill from the get-go with a large segment of you know the listening public yep then you're kind of hamstrung and uh, as far as like marketing yourself down the line. Yeah. Cause you're always going to be known as that band that covered, did the pop punk cover of, of Metallica. Yeah. Right. Didn't I, they talk about this with that brass against stunt last year? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not the exact same situation, but it is like, Oh, it was, was it a publicity stunt? Is that going to de- be detrimental in the future? Um, sort of but, situation. But here's the thing with brass against though is that I don't think they, I don't think Ian would probably know because he's probably like the the nerdiest uh, music guy out of the three of us because I think he listens to music 24-7. I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, but they are a cover band only, are they not? They do not do originals, correct? Correct. Yeah, they just do covers. No so originals. that may or may not affect them, I would, I would imagine, Leah, Elliot. So... I mean... Here's- we were we were specifically talking about the just a, it being a publicity stunt. Yeah, general. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. So it's not an exact parallel. Yeah, yeah. Still, it's yeah. a similar topic, so that's why I thought of it. Yeah. Well, that's a, they're actually a pretty good example because I think, unless I'm mistaken, because I still hear about Brass against like I, I I don't know if it actually hurt them doing that. So I mean, uh, I don't know. Where were we going with this? We had a point to this, and now I just lost well, the track. Point was you were saying that now this band is going to be known for doing the pop yeah. punk cover to Metallica? Yeah. That's right. And suppose, like theoretically, they've alienated some people, but you're—I mean, if you don't, you're going to alienate people just existing and be, yeah. be, being being yeah. yourself, you know. And if you're not alienating anyone, then you're probably not being authentic. I don't know. So, if Did they really alienate anyone though? Because I, I I kept hearing people saying that there there was all this backlash against the peeing thing but then i didn't actually see anybody actually mad about it yeah i'm now talking back again about this again but yeah okay what were yeah. you saying yeah i think the, i think the only people that they really pissed off were just like diehard metal heads that wouldn't listen to pop punk in the first place yeah so True really enough. like exactly. like who cares yeah. at that point exactly so to circle back on all, all of this type of stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna go back oh well, actually Aliyah, i'll let you you lead because i haven't let you lead in a bit well, that's okay. I mean, this is, I was just thinking, you know, it's not like you have to play 4D chess here, but like, just think about what you're doing before you do it. And what are the potential drawbacks to it? Like for this band, maybe doing this doesn't really have any drawbacks because like Ian said, they've already only alienated people that wouldn't be listening to them anyway, pretty much. Um, and the people that are finding it, I mean, I've only seen, I've seen a lot of positive comments on the video and people are loving it and hating it, having strong emotion about it. Um, so I'm, I'm not willing to 
foresee that you know is going to cause them problems down the road in any way i think it totally will cause them problems these guys specifically problems down the road i totally do like you know better than me why do you think that well the only reason why i think so is okay so here's a good example so ian you're going to write about them you're doing an interview with the guy we don't know where it's being being going to be placed but whatever right so but the sole reason you are talking to him is because of this stupid cover correct pretty much so there is nothing else for them to talk about. Like they're going to get like, let's say he he writes them up for stereo gum, for example, or for wherever. That's all they're talking. Like they're not known for anything else. So I think it's a total career, like detriment to their career. Am I, okay. Am I mental in thinking this? Like, do you really want to be known as the band that was like the pop, did the pop punk cover of master of puppets and nothing else? Like really? Yeah, like really? again, I could I could go either way on this. Like, mm. on the one hand, once you're in a dead end like that, working your like driving yourself out of the dead end. That's it. You're you're making more work for yourself, right? Oh, exactly. On the other like, hand, at least people like know who you are. So like, true. <laughs> you already have like a leg up in the game, which is like so hard for so many artists out there. Like just just being known, just getting out there, uh, just trying to get your music heard. True. Like, kind of feel like it's like a zero-sum game really like it's like any way possible that you can get it done at this point i think is the the way that you got to do it with how the cards are stacked against you with the way that uh you know spotify is structured and the way that social media is structured because like i don't think we're talking about this song next week no we won't i don't think we're talking about this song on friday no right no yeah no no i mean the only the only reason why like it's just it, anyways I, I'm I'm gonna shut up about it, but so Sorry. like let me let me throw this let me throw this at you both. Like, what do you sure. think about mashups? Oh, I wanted to bring this up. Okay, go ahead, Curtis. I'm fifty fifty on them because sometimes they can be done really well. Sometimes they are horrible, but every single time, I mean, they're a fucking gimmick. That's my take. Have you heard? the so there's definitely ones that have like some artistry behind them because obviously you have like really talented djs putting them together and they kind of like they kind of change the meaning of both songs like i'm thinking of um uh like all like the entire jay dilla album donuts like at the base level you call that stuff mashups but the the, what he's doing with is just like artistry beyond belief like one of the most genius albums of all time there's also your kind of um uh, stunt mashups that occasionally become accidentally good. Yep. Have you folks heard the mashup of Vanessa Carlton's uh, Thousand Miles and Rage Against the Machines Killing in the Name of? I don't think I have. It no. is it is accidentally brilliant. I, I recommend that to everybody wholeheartedly. You would not think that those songs would go together. Chef's Kiss, so good. Well, okay, yeah. so here... I heard some like that too, but then I also had heard one that was like Enter Sandman and Don't Stop Believing. Yep. That pissed me off a little yep. bit because I was getting just getting into Enter Sandman and then it would switch to Don't Stop Believing. And I actually like both of those songs. Yep. But not mashed up. Yeah, yep. yeah. There's a there's a there's a great mashup of uh Enter Sandman and Huey Lewis in the News. Uh, hip I to be square that. yeah I've that's that. what it was i have heard that and i loved that one yep i hated that i did not like that at all i just no no 
I think they're gimmicky. I, 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 I just that that's my that's my whole thought on them. I, I do agree with you, Ian. They can be good, but they're gimmicky as fuck. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they can be. I think what really comes through, and I think this is no matter if you're doing a cover, if you're doing a mashup, or if you're doing a tribute, is do you love the source material? Yes. And if you love the source material so much, I think that's going to come through and I think it's going to make it good regardless of what you do. Well, the other thing too is like one other one other point I, I don't think any of us have brought up unless I just kind of, I zoned out or something is you have to be, you have to like truly be doing it this because you want to do it, not as a gimmick and not just to get clicks. I think I think that's really a key point. You know what I mean? Like, Right. And I'm like, I feel a little cautious about that because it's like, yeah, you can't read people's minds. You don't know what people's motives truly are, but you can pick up on cues yeah. um, too. And I think that that is what people notice. They don't know, they can't articulate what it is necessarily, but it feels inauthentic yeah. and that's what makes it kind of yucky. Agreed. So Ian, I, I know we don't have like tons of time, Malia. You're probably running out, but I have a question. So you used so when you were the editor at uh, editor in chief at Invisible Oranges, did you guys cover co cover songs ever? I don't fucking remember. And if not, why not? I don't think we covered cover songs that I can recall. And I, I don't think yeah. we, I don't think we had any particular bias towards them. I just don't think there was anything that was interesting that came up during the time that I was there that Fair. felt like it was going to be uh, something worthwhile. This was also during the the time in blog history where it was like, if you did a stunt cover of a metal song, like you were guaranteed coverage on the blogs. Yeah. Like if you did like a banjo cover of like Cannibal Corpse, like yep. for the day you would make the blog rounds. Yeah. And I was just, I was just really sick of that kind of coverage model. So it didn't really uh, register with me, but okay. yeah. So, okay. Then, then, my final question then is, do you think it inhibits do, these, like doing a cover, do you think it inhibits a band getting covered by a site or do you think it can help them? Because I've always found that it seems to inhibit whenever I have a cover song a band wants me to push. It's like hard getting people to fucking cover that. I think it's hard to get writers to listen to that stuff because there's a bias. Yeah. And we're thinking about the the lazy hack covers that, you know, fans are just pushing out there just to get clicks. Yeah. But really, I mean, if the cover rules, then people are going to talk about it. It's like the same as songs. Like if you pour yeah. your heart into a song and it totally crushes, it's going to get out there eventually. True. That's true. That's true. So, Ali, I know we're running out of time. So if you want to yeah, one last thing I wanted to bring up is I heard uh, a band talking about this um, a little while ago, and I never thought of it this way, but they said they did a full album of just cov covers um, just to learn more about songwriting. Oh. Like songs that they respected and that they right. liked. They wanted to do a cover of it to understand the songwriting behind it and sense. learn more about it. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's uh, the Hunter S. Thompson approach to writing, right? Where he rewrote the supposedly rewrote the beginning of um, Hemingway, just yeah. to feel what it was like to just type it on the the typewriter. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I don't know if that's worth releasing, but I think that's a good exercise just to do in the practice space for sure. 
One of the, <clears throat> one of the interesting things that I heard about a covers album was the Coalesce Led Zeppelin covers album. And there's a great oral history that appeared in Alternative Press with Coalesce. And the reason that they did that album was so they could have something to talk to their dads about. It's like, I love that. Like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, what a great, what a great thing. I love it. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap things up for today. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Ian, and talking about this topic. It's been really interesting. Um, hopefully this episode has helped some people. And do you have anything else you want to mention, Ian? Uh, if somebody wants to do a funeral doom cover of Michael Jackson's Human Nature, I'm here for it. I've been here for it for like 30 years. Let's do it. All right. You heard it. You heard it here, guys. Get in touch. We'll connect you. Um, and until next time, everyone, uh, make like a bull and throw those horns up. Ah. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.